Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Chile, or as pronounced by the native population, Chile. Chile is home to the largest prehistoric human-like geoglyph, or figure sculpted into the landscape known as the Atacama Giant. This country also has the oldest known site of human habitation in the Americas, dating to as early as 16,500 B.C. It's known as the country with the highest recorded number of UFO sightings, and the government itself has launched a committee to study them. It holds the record for the biggest earthquake ever recorded on Earth, measuring 9.5 on the Richter scale, which hit the country in 1960. Segment 1. Bare Bones Location. Southern South America, bordering the South Pacific Ocean. Official name, Republic of Chile. Nationality, Chilean. Capital, Santiago. Total area, 756,102 square kilometers, or 291,932 square miles. Population, 18,430,408. Official language, Spanish. There is no official religion. Currency, peso. Form of government, presidential republic. The flag. There are two equal horizontal bands of white on the top and red below. There's a blue square covering the left third of the white band on the hoist side. The square bears a white five-pointed star in the center, representing a guide to progress and honor. Blue symbolizes the sky, white is for the snow-covered Andes, and red represents the blood spilled to achieve independence. National Symbols The Weymul, a mountain deer, and the Andean condor. Segment 2, Heart of the Nation Geography and Climate Chile is in the southern half of South America, on the coast with the Pacific Ocean as its western border. It extends approximately 2,700 miles, or 4,300 kilometers, from its northern border with Peru down to the southern tip of the continent at Cape Horn. It is a long and narrow country with an average width of only about 110 miles or 180 kilometers. It borders Peru to the north with just 104 miles or 168 kilometers. It shares almost its complete eastern border with Argentina for a total of 4,157 miles or 6,691 kilometers. In the northeast, it shares a border with Bolivia. Its coastline is 4,000 miles, or 6,435 kilometers long, and exercises exclusive rights, claims in varying degrees, and sovereignty over a maritime area known as the Chilean Sea. It is temperate. There is a desert in the north, Mediterranean in the central region, and cool and damp in the south. The terrain is low coastal mountains, fertile valleys, and rugged Andes in the east. 
The country is geographically isolated due to its position as a narrow strip of land wedged between the Pacific Ocean and the Andes Mountains. This separates it from Argentina and Bolivia to the east. To the north is the Atacama Desert, separating it from Peru, and to the south it borders the ocean and Antarctica. The highest elevation point is Nevada Ojos del Salado, at 22,615 feet, or 6,893 meters, and is also the highest active volcano in the world. The lowest point is the Pacific Ocean at zero meters. The crater lake found on this mountain is the highest lake in the world at 20,965 feet, or 6,390 meters. The Atacama Desert is the world's driest desert and is in the northern part of the country. It averages about one-half inch, or 15 millimeters, of rainfall annually overall, but some areas haven't seen a single drop of rain since record-keeping began. It is so dry that planetary scientists used it to test early prototypes of Mars rovers. The major lakes are Lago General Carrera and Lago O'Higgins, both shared with Argentina. Natural Hazards There are 2,000 volcanoes, with 500 that experts say are potentially active. Approximately 90 are active, 3 are very active, and 1, Ojos del Salado, is the world's highest historically active volcano. It has the world's second most active string of volcanoes after Indonesia. Chile is one of the countries along the Ring of Fire, a belt of active volcanoes and earthquake epicenters bordering the Pacific Ocean. Up to 90% of the world's earthquakes and some 75% of the world's volcanoes occur within the Ring of Fire. There are severe earthquakes and tsunamis. At times, torrential rains, floods, mudslides, and forest fires can be a hazard. Santiago has one of the highest pollution levels in South America. Heavy smog can pose serious health hazards from May through October. The ozone layer is especially thin over parts of Chile. Environment Environmental issues include air pollution from industrial and vehicle emissions, water pollution from raw sewage, noise pollution, improper garbage disposal, soil degradation, and widespread deforestation and mining. Chile is among world leaders in terms of its commitments to decarbonization. It has committed to carbon neutrality by 2050 and to peak emissions by 2025. These commitments are supported by the swift pace of decarbonization of its energy matrix, thanks to well-designed regulations and consequent investments in highly competitive solar and wind projects. By December 2020, non-conventional renewable energies contributed 27% of generated electricity. A 2013 law had mandated 20% by 2025. Coal-based thermoelectric power plants are to be shut down by 2040 at the latest. There is also cross-party consensus and a published national strategy for making Chile a leading world producer by 2040 of green hydrogen, a new clean fuel for which Chile has considerable natural advantages. Chile is also a world leader in having 42% of its economic maritime area under some form of protection. 
Chile is ranked 65 out of 180 nations with an overall Environmental Performance Index score of 46.7 for 2020. Chile recently joined the World Bank WAVES initiative and was also selected by the United Nations to carry out pilot projects on ecosystem accounting. Vegetation Due to the isolated location of Chile, it has a rich and distinctive flora, with over 2,100 species of vascular plants found nowhere else. In the north, vegetation is nearly non-existent except for a large variety of cacti. Chile is a cactus paradise with 170 varieties, mostly in the north. More than three-quarters are endemic. The Browningia candelaris, or candleholder cactus, grows between 5,600 and 9,800 feet, or 1,700 and 3,000 meters above sea level, and reaches a height of 20 feet or 6 meters, and a diameter of 20 inches or 50 centimeters. The wood of the trunk is tough and light, making it ideal for construction. Craftsmen seek these out for their wood, which is the principal reason for their rapid decline. The vegetation areas that arise in the Atacama Desert are called lomas, or desert fog oases, since the vegetation receives its water from fog. Cool, moisture-laden air is trapped beneath a layer of warm, dry air above. From this, an adjacent stratocumulus cloud bank develops between 984 and 3,937 feet, or 31,200 meters, above sea level, developing into fog when the relief intercepts the droplets from the cloud. The San Pedro cactus contains several alkaloids, including the well-studied chemical mescaline. Mescaline is a psychedelic drug found in other species. This cactus has a long history of being used in Andean traditional medicine. One form is used for making a hallucinogenic drink for a shaman ritual. In most countries, it is legal to cultivate this cactus, but in countries where possession of mescaline and related compounds are illegal, cultivation for the purposes of consumption is most likely illegal. In the central areas of Chile, two of the most common species are Guayacan and Peyumo. The guayacan is a bush that can reach up to 13 feet or 4 meters, with twisted branches and opposing pairs of evergreen leaves. Each leaf can be between a half inch and 1.4 inches, or 1.5 and 3.5 centimeters long, and can curl up during the night. Flowers come between August and March, and the fruit is a dark purple capsule when mature. The wood is used in craftsmanship due to its hardness. In the south, there is oak, koige, hazelnut, canelo, araucaria, larch, and alerce trees. The araucaria is an extremely slow-growing tree, reaching a height of 164 feet or 50 meters. It has a straight trunk and is very thick, about 10 feet or 3 meters or more in diameter. The wood has a high value and is characterized by being compact, thin, and of a yellowish-white color. Wild fuchsia also grows in the south in humid ravines and on edges of lakes and lagoons. It's an evergreen bush growing one to two meters high with long, thin, fragile branches. The leaves, two inches or five centimeters long, are light green on the underside. The flowers are formed by a calyx of five fleshy red sepals 
and the corolla by five purple petals. It flowers from August to April. The Alerce tree is known for its long life of more than 4,000 years. One found in the southern Chilean Andes, named Gran Abuelo, or great-grandfather, is being researched and may prove to be 5,400 years old, making it the oldest tree known. This would surpass the previously confirmed oldest tree in California, known as Methuselah, by 600 years. The national flower is the Copiwe, or Chilean bellflower, which grows in temperate forests of the southern central region. It is a vine that can grow up to 13 feet or 4 meters. It has simple leaves of dark green on the top and a light green underside. The flowers are 2 to 4 inches or 5 to 10 centimeters long and an intense red color appearing between March and May. They produce an edible fruit, a berry with a sweet taste containing many seeds. The root is used in popular medicine against venereal diseases, gout, and rheumatism. Wildlife There are 150 mammal species in Chile, 424 bird species, and 13 bat species. There are 25 mammal species found exclusively in Chile. There are 41 endangered species and 76 threatened. Some of the endangered species are the Andean mountain cat, southern river otter, Darwin's fox, and the chinchilla. Some of the threatened species are the macaroni penguin, Humboldt penguin, leatherback sea turtle, and codcod of the leopard family. The Humboldt penguin lives along the coastal regions and the offshore islands of Chile. Its range is affected by the Humboldt current, which provides a continuous supply of nutrients and food. The most important breeding ground is at Isla Chañarao. Their migration is just along the coast of southern Chile up to the coast of Peru. They migrate in response to food shortages or changes in environmental conditions. During breeding season, they are sedentary and use burrows on guano layers for breeding sites. Guano is the accumulated excrement of seabirds or bats. Nests can also be found in caverns, hollows, cliff tops, and beaches. They feed primarily on schooling fish. They molt between mid-January and mid-February and are confined to land while molting, as the feathers are lost and replaced within two weeks. They grow between 22 and 28 inches, or 56 to 70 centimeters long, and weigh 6.4 to 13.2 pounds, or 2.9 to 6 kilograms. They have a black head with a white border that runs from behind the eye, around the black ear coverts and chin, and joins at the throat. They have a fleshy pink base to the bill and have spines on their tongues, which they use to hold their prey. Guanacos and vicunas, like llamas and alpacas, are related to camels and live in South America instead of Africa, where camels are found. Guanacos and vicunas are wild animals where llamas and alpacas are domesticated. Guanacos are slender with a white underside and brown backs. They have very long necks, short tails, large heads, and big pointed ears. They live in groups of up to 10 females, their young, and one dominant male adult. Other unpaired males form herds of their own with as many as 50. They live in the Altiplano and in Patagonia. The vicuna is the smallest member of the camel family. 
Compared to the guanaco, it has a smaller tail and finer wool. They occupy the grasslands and are adapted to very high elevations. Armadillos are found in grasslands and forests, preferring sandy or loam soils that are loose and porous, as they find these easier for digging for food and creating burrows. They are timid, unsocial creatures and spend most of their time sleeping. They forage for food in the morning and evening. They eat meat and plants with insects and larvae being their preferred food. The Patagonia puma is the largest predator in Patagonia. Females weigh 110 pounds and males about 175 pounds. They're generally 3 to 3.5 meters or 10 to 12 feet long. They live in the shrubby steppe regions, woodlands, and mountains. They're very adept hunters and eat a wide range of animals, such as birds, geese, rodents, hares, deer, and sometimes livestock. But their favorite food is guanacos. The pumas are threatened by a loss of prey and agricultural developments infringe on their habitat. The Chilean government prohibited the hunting of pumas in 1980, and with the added protections in place at Torres del Paine, puma populations have risen within the national park. These animals are very rare to see. The pudu, the world's smallest deer, is 35 to 45 centimeters or 14 to 18 inches tall and weighs 6.4 to 13.4 kilograms or 14 to 30 pounds. They have antlers which are just 5.3 to 9 centimeters or 2.1 to 3.5 inches long, which tend to curve back. It has a dark chestnut brown coat with tufts in the front covering the antlers. It lives in the forests of southern Chile and is found at elevations from sea level to 2,000 meters, or 6,600 feet. It is an herbivore and eats vines, leaves, shrubs, succulent sprouts, herbs, ferns, blossoms, tree bark, and fallen fruit. They can survive without drinking water for long periods of time due to the high water content of the succulent foliage in their diet. It is endangered due to overhunting and habitat loss. Darwin's frog can be found in streams in the forests. They are just 2.2 to 3.1 centimeters or 0.9 to 1.2 inches. They have a triangular-shaped snout and their limbs are long and slender. The front feet are not webbed, but some toes on the back are. The young live inside the vocal sac of their father's mouths as they are growing to maturity. It is a carnivore and eats insects and other arthropods. It relies on camouflage to avoid predators, lying on the ground looking like a dead leaf until the predator passes by. It will also turn on its back, exposing the boldly patterned ventral surface. Blue whales and macaroni penguins can be seen off the coast in southern Chile. The national animal is the South Andean deer, or waymul. It is endangered and lives in the mountains. They are adapted to the rocky terrain and have short legs and a stocky build. They have a brown to grayish-brown coat, with white undersides and a white-marked throat. They have very large ears, almost donkey-like, and males have antlers. The males also have a distinctive black face mask, which curves into an elongated heart shape surrounding its forehead. 
They are herbivores feeding on leaves, tender shoots, and sometimes grass. They're facing loss of habitat as the greatest threat to their existence. There are 275 threatened species, which includes birds. People White and non-indigenous people make up 88.9%. Mapuche, 9.1%. Amara, 0.7%. And other indigenous groups, 1%. The biggest indigenous group are the Mapuche. There's also the Rapa Nui on Easter Island, or the Aymara. The Mapuche are socially and economically segregated in Chile. They usually work in poorly paid jobs with little or no prestige. They have often protested their discrimination and demand the return of their ancestral land. Spanish is spoken by 99.5%. English, 10.2%. Indigenous, including Mapudungun, the language of the Mapuche, 1%, and other, including German, 2.3%. Some respondents answered to more than one language. Chileans refer to their language as Castellano, not Spanish. Most of Chile's small but growing foreign-born population consists of transplants from other Latin American countries, especially Peru. The Huaso is a symbol of the countryman, a cowboy, dressed in Seville style with a flat-topped hat, colorful short-cropped poncho or manta, and shiny high-heeled boots with large spurs. The Huaso is especially present during national celebrations. Religion Roman Catholics make up 60%, Evangelical 18%, Atheist or Agnostic 4%, and None 17%. The Catholic Church plays a major part in Chilean society, with many looking to the Church for reassurance and security in times of crisis. Many children still receive their First Holy Communion when they turn eight. Some still attend church on Sundays, while others use that time to spend with the family. Great tribute is paid to the dead in Chile. There is a wake and a funeral held at a church where family and close friends participate in a ceremony. Many choose to be buried in graves, but in more modern times, some are choosing cremation. It is common for a special Mass to be held every year, to commemorate the death of a loved one. On November 1st, All Saints Day, many Chileans visit cemeteries to bring flowers to place on the graves. Most believe in an afterlife. The 2021 report on international religious freedom for Chile states that the Constitution provides for freedom of conscience and worship. The law prohibits religious discrimination and provides civil remedies to victims of discrimination. Religion and state are officially separate. The National Office of Religious Affairs is charged with facilitating communication between faith communities and the government, and ensuring the protection of the rights of religious minorities. On June 2, 2021, the Chile-Palestine Interparliamentary Group in the lower house of Congress drafted a bill to boycott goods, services, and products from Israeli settlements which remained under consideration in committee at year's end. The Jewish community of Chile stated that the draft bill created a hostile environment against members of its community. 
On June 29th, legislators in the lower house of Congress passed a resolution rejecting discrimination and acts of intolerance from authorities and candidates to public office, and calling on then-presidential candidate Danielle Yadwe to repudiate the anti-Semitic statements made in the biographical sketch of his school yearbook. The National Office of Religious Affairs continued to engage with local authorities in the communities affected by yearly attacks on churches, including the Araucania and Santiago regions, to rebuild churches damaged in the attacks. Churches in Araucania were increasingly targets of arson attacks for the sixth year in a row. Several priests and churches in the region reported receiving arson threats during the year. On October 12, 2021, regional media reported that unknown individuals burned a Catholic church and the Nuevo Pacto Pentecostal Church in Araucania, causing President Pinera to declare a state of emergency for the region. Jewish community leaders continued to express concern about a rise in anti-Semitism in the country, which they partly attributed to an escalation of violence between Israel and Hamas in May. During the same month, the Jewish community reported a series of anti-Semitic comments, threats, and harassment on social media targeting community members. In September, individuals reported graffiti featuring swastikas and SS symbols in the Las Condes municipality of Santiago, metropolitan region, and near the Hebrew Institute in the city of Santiago. On September 16, 2021, a truck driver passed outside the Aish HaTorah synagogue in the capital city shouting, Heil Hitler! History Indigenous groups inhabited central and southern Chile for several thousand years, in mixed pastoralists and settled communities. In the 12th century, they moved from the Argentinian steppes over the Andes Mountains to the forests of southern Chile. Of the earliest southern inhabitants, only the Mapuche or Araucanians survived the arrival of the Europeans. The Chonos lived mainly as fishermen, completely isolated in the south including on the archipelago of southern Chile. The other peoples of the very south were the people of Tierra del Fuego. In the north, the first populations were nomadic fishermen, Sierra people, valley people, and Aymara on the plateau. These groups were in close contact and traded extensively. Around 5000 BC, many throughout South America turned to agriculture, growing cotton, corn, and other things. The people in northern Chile followed suit, but in southern Chile, the inhabitants mostly remained hunters and gatherers due to climatic conditions, with just a little farming of maize, potatoes, beans, and quinoa. This ended with the Inca ruling the north of the country for nearly a century prior to the arrival of the Spanish in the 16th century. The great Inca civilization entered Chile from Peru through the Atacama Desert and conquered large parts of the country. Only the Mapuches in southern Chile managed to stop the Incas. At the time of the Incas, about one million people lived on what is now Chilean territory. The southern tip of Chile was first discovered by explorer Ferdinand Magellan in 1520. After Peru conquered the Incas in the 1530s, the Spanish attempted to conquer Chile, mainly to find gold. It wasn't until 1541 that Pedro de Valdivia, 
succeeded in conquering Chile, and it became a Spanish colony. Under Spanish rule, the indigenous peoples were made to work on large farms owned by large landowners, and disease broke out among the indigenous peoples, and many fled into the jungles or mountains. It wasn't until the development of agriculture and livestock farming in the 18th century that a period of economic growth began, attracting many European immigrants. With the invasion of Spain by Napoleon's French armies in 1808, and the revolutionary movements in Spain's American colonies, Chilean revolutionaries declared Chile's independence on September 18, 1810. The independence fighters were led by Irish-born Bernardo O'Higgins. He was assisted by Argentine troops, led by one of the liberators of South America, José de San Martín. The subsequent struggle became tied to other South American independence conflicts, with a decisive victory over the Spanish at the Battle of Maipú in 1818. O'Higgins then became Chile's first president. O'Higgins framed a constitution, but it was influenced by the landowners and the church, therefore it had much opposition. Soon after, there were many uprisings and coup d'etats. An authoritarian government came into power in 1833, in which the large landowners were in control. This brought some stability to the economy with developed agriculture, trade, and mining. With successive conservative presidents, tension increased with the more liberal movements. In 1871, there was a revision to the Constitution, a small victory for the liberals. At the end of the 19th century, Chile became interested in the guano and nitrite reserves in northern Peru and Bolivia. During the War of the Pacific, or Nitric War, from 1879 to 83, it annexed large parts of both countries, giving it its current northernmost regions. Large-scale mining of nitrate and copper began, boosting the economy. However, Chile did lose a large part of Patagonia to Argentina due to the efforts in the north. By the 1880s, the Chilean central government cemented its control over the central and southern regions inhabited by Mapuche indigenous peoples. It conquered the Easter Islands. The Mapuche people were finally subjected to central authority and placed in reservations, where they still live in dire poverty. Finally, the south of Chile was also opened and colonized, especially by thousands of Europeans who emigrated to Chile during the population surplus in Europe. In 1884, universal suffrage was introduced in Chile, and the very first parliament was formed in South America. José Manuel Balmaceda Fernández was the first democratically elected president. Between 1891 and 1973, a series of elected governments succeeded each other. During the Second World War, the German-speaking minority managed to ensure that Chile remained neutral until January 1943. Chile then sided with the Allies. After the war, American influence became more and more evident. In 1970, Salvador Allende Gossens began a three-year Marxist government which brought with it a redistribution of land, education, and social services, but there was much chaos due to illegal land occupation, terrorist actions by large landowners, and attacks by reacting leftist groups. The greater population supported Allende, 
and he was again elected as president in 1973. Yet, on September 11, 1973, his government was overthrown by a military coup led by General Augusto Pinochet and backed by the United States. The Moneda Palace, the seat of the president, was bombed, and Allende committed suicide. Pinochet's rule was one of imposing right-wing policies, killing and torturing thousands of Marxist Allende's supporters and forcing others into exile. It has been determined that 20,000 were killed and tens of thousands were detained in concentration camps and torture centers. The military regime has been repeatedly condemned in the General Assembly of the United Nations for widespread and continuous violations of human rights. Relations with the United States reached an all-time low with the Carter administration's withdrawal of military and economic aid. In 1980, there was a constitutional amendment that allowed Pinochet to remain in control until at least 1989, and only then would democratic elections be permitted. Throughout the 80s, there were massive strikes or protests due to the economic downturn, with martial law being declared. With pressure from the people and from the United States, Pinochet allowed for an election, and Patricio Alwin won the presidential election on December 17th, taking office on March 11, 1990. Chile was the last country in South America to make the transition to a parliamentary presidential democracy. Economic reforms, maintained consistently since the 80s, contributed to steady growth, reduced poverty rates by over half, and helped secure the country's commitment to democratic and representative government. Since Pinochet's rule, ruling parties have tended to be socialist. Michelle Bachelet was elected as the first female socialist president in 2006. In the same year, Chile and China signed a free trade agreement, Beijing's first in South America. In 2010, a massive earthquake of 8.8 magnitude caused widespread damage and hundreds died. In 2013, Chile, Colombia, Mexico, and Peru erased most of the tariffs on trade between their countries, making great strides towards regional integration. Chile has increasingly assumed regional and international leadership roles, befitting its status as a stable democratic nation. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues Chile and Peru rebuff Bolivia's reactivated claim to restore the Atacama Corridor, ceded to Chile in 1884, but Chile has offered instead unrestricted but not sovereign maritime access through Chile to Bolivian natural gas. Chile rejects Peru's unilateral legislation to change its latitudinal maritime boundary with Chile to an equidistance line with a southwestern axis favoring Peru. In October 2007, Peru took its maritime complaint with Chile to the International Court of Justice. The territorial claim in Antarctica, Chilean Antarctica Territory, partially overlaps Argentine and British claims. The Joint Boundary Commission, established by Chile and Argentina in 2001, has yet to map and demarcate the delimited boundary in the inhospitable Andean Southern Ice Field, or Campo de Hielo Sur. There are 448,138 refugees from Venezuela for economic and political crisis. 
This includes Venezuelans who have claimed asylum or have received alternative legal stay. It is a transshipment country for cocaine destined for Europe and the region. There is some money laundering activity, especially through the Iquique Free Trade Zone. Domestic cocaine consumption is rising, making Chile a significant consumer of cocaine. In the 2021 country reports on human rights practices, there were significant human rights issues, including credible reports of arbitrary or unlawful killings, cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment by law enforcement officers, violence against indigenous persons, trafficking in persons, and violence against LGBTI persons. The government took steps to identify, investigate, prosecute, and punish officials who committed human rights abuses and corruption. In the Freedom House Freedom in the World 2022 report, Chile scored 94 out of 100 and is considered free in the areas of political rights and civil liberties. Government There are 16 regions. The legal system is civil law influenced by several West European civil legal systems. Universal suffrage is at 18 years of age. Executive branch. The president is responsible for the government and state administration. The president is directly elected by absolute majority popular vote in two rounds if needed for a single four-year term. The cabinet is appointed by the president. Legislative branch. A bicameral national congress which consists of a senate and chamber of deputies. The Senate is made up of 50 members elected from regions. They serve eight-year terms, with one-half of the membership renewed every four years. The Chamber of Deputies has 155 seats, with members being directly elected in multi-seat constituencies by open, party-less proportional representation vote to serve four-year terms. The Chamber of Deputies adopts agreements, suggests observations, and declares whether accusations should be acceptable. Judicial Branch The Supreme Court consists of a court president and 20 members. The Senate must be aware of the accusations made by the Chamber of Deputies to lend or deny its consent to actions of the President of the Republic in cases required by the Constitution by law, and to provide its opinion to the President of the Republic in requested cases. The Supreme Court President and Judges are appointed by the President of the Republic and ratified by the Senate from lists of candidates provided by the Court itself. Judges are appointed for life with mandatory retirement at age 70. The Constitutional Court has 10 members and is independent of the rest of the judiciary. Its members are appointed, three by the Supreme Court, three by the President of the Republic, two by the Chamber of Deputies, and two by the Senate. These serve nine-year terms. The Elections Qualifying Court consists of five members. These members serve four-year terms. There are more than 25 political parties. Seats held by women in Parliament are at 35.48%. The Armed Forces of Chile consists of the Chilean Army, Chilean Navy, and Chilean Air Force. The Ministry of the Interior and Public Security includes the National Police Force. There are approximately 70,000 active armed forces personnel and approximately 50,000 national police. 
the Chilean military inventory is comprised of a wide mix of mostly Western equipment and some domestically produced systems. Since 2010, it has received military hardware from nearly 15 countries, with Germany and the United States as the leading suppliers. Chile's defense industry has capabilities in military aircraft, ships, and vehicles. There is voluntary male and female military service for those 18 to 45 years of age. There is selective compulsory service if needed. There are usually enough volunteers to make compulsory service unnecessary. Service obligation is a minimum of 12 months for the Army and 22 months for Navy and Air Force. As of 2021, women comprised approximately 18% of the armed forces. Citizenship Citizenship is granted by birth in the country. There is citizenship by descent only. Dual citizenship is recognized. The residency requirement for naturalization is five years. Economy Chile has a high level of foreign trade and a reputation for strong financial institutions and sound policy that have given it the strongest sovereign bond rating in South America. Chile deepened its long-standing commitment to trade liberalization with the signing of a free trade agreement with the United States, effective January 1, 2004. It has 26 trade agreements covering 60 countries. In May 2010, Chile signed the OECD Convention, becoming the first South American country to join the OECD. The OECD is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Chile has the largest copper reserves of any country by far, having 200 million metric tons as of 2021. This is two times more than Australia, the second largest copper producer in the world. Chile is also the world's largest copper producer, producing some 5.6 million tons of copper from mines in 2021. This plays a major role in the Chilean economy, with an estimated 20% of the nation's gross domestic product attributed to copper production. Natural resources include copper, timber, iron ore, nitrates, precious metals, molybdenum, and hydropower. Agricultural products include grapes, apples, wheat, sugar beets, milk, potatoes, tomatoes, maize, poultry, and pork. Major industries include copper, lithium, other minerals, foodstuffs, fish processing, iron and steel, wood and wood products, transport equipment, cement, and textiles. Agriculture accounts for 4.2% of the GDP, industry 32.8%, and services 63%. Those employed in agriculture are 8.8%, in industry 22%, and in services 69.2%. Land use is 21.1% for agricultural, 21.9% forest, and 57% other. Tourism generated around $1.03 billion in U.S. dollar value in 2020. In 2020, Chile was the world's biggest exporter of copper ore, refined copper, pitted fruits, molybdenum ore, and grapes. Chile's Economic Freedom Score is 74.4 on the 2022 Index of Economic Freedom, making it number 20 on the list. It's ranked second in 32 countries in the Americas region 
and its overall score is above the regional and world averages. Exports Exports of goods and services amount to $101.11 billion in United States dollar value. The top exports are copper ore, refined copper, fish fillets, sulfate wood pulp, and pitted fruits. The top export partners are China, United States, Japan, South Korea, and Brazil. Imports Imports of goods and services amount to $103.18 billion in U.S. dollar value. The top imports are refined petroleum, broadcasting equipment, crude petroleum, cars, and delivery trucks. The top import partners are China, United States, Brazil, Argentina, and Germany. Unemployment rate, 8.04% as of September 2022. Poverty rate, 4.7%, 2022. Urbanism and architecture. 90% of the population is in the middle third of the country around the capital of Santiago. Urban population is 87.82%. The far north and the extreme south are relatively underpopulated. The overall population density is 25.8 per square kilometer. Santiago, the capital city, has a population of 6.85 million. It is a vibrant city filled with history, cultural events, fine dining, and incredible nature. It sits in a valley surrounded by the breathtaking snow-capped Andes Mountains. Two outstanding landmarks are the Royal Court Palace, home of the National History Museum, and the Metropolitan Cathedral, built in the 18th century. You can also see the Gran Torre, which is the tallest building in South America, with 64 floors. The classical Spanish pattern was used in designing most towns and cities. They generally have a central square with streets extending from the center outward to the four cardinal points. There is a separation within the cities of residential areas, reflecting the social and class distinctions. This can be seen quite obviously in Santiago. There are upper-class neighborhoods where the wealthy live in large houses of mainly French and American style. In the middle-class neighborhoods, there's a variety of architectural styles of mainly British, Spanish, and French, and since the 1960s, the American bungalow style. Then there are campamentos, which are tent cities or shanty towns. These shanty towns are generally on the outskirts of the city and consist of makeshift houses of one or two rooms made from any available material and are made by the occupants themselves. These campamentos come in many shapes and forms. Homegrown neighborhoods arose as a solution to housing needs, and programs to support them existed until the onset of the dictatorship in 1973. Lasting until 1990, the dictatorship repressed these neighborhoods, adopting a violent adversarial stance against the residents. During this period, the formation of homegrown neighborhoods to fulfill the basic need for housing had to employ tactics like occupying land to counter the aggression of a military dictatorship. People seek out parcels of land that are unoccupied and suitable to reside in. They usually lack some basic service or necessity, such as electricity, drinking water, or a sewage system. People are prompted to turn to these housing solutions since campamentos are one of the more feasible and independent ways to achieve the dream 
of one's own home. Many move to campamentos to accommodate growing families and the consequent spatial needs that formal housing cannot cope with. Moreover, renting and other forms of housing are often inaccessible to migrants or refugees due to legal difficulties or issues with visas and documentation. It's also important to note that the homegrown neighborhoods also include the indigenous tribal population of Chile who face many additional challenges and often clash with the military. Residents of Campamentos take charge of the construction of their homes as well as the dialogue with governmental authorities regarding legitimization. Since the construction of homes in Campamentos are not preceded by extensive planning, materials used are often locally sourced. This includes wood panels, bricks, rocks, and clay. Houses may later be upgraded by installing structures of concrete blocks or paved floors. One's social network also plays an important role in acquiring the construction materials. Mediaguas are the most common form of construction visible in Campamentos. The structures are mostly made using wood poles or stilts and zinc aluminum panels. Most materials are cheap and easy to find. However, Mediaguas are often built out of recycled material, especially in the north where in the dry climate, recycled materials deteriorate less. At the heart of Campamentos, is the adaptability and resourcefulness of the inhabitants. Housing is incremental. Structures are modular and can grow and expand according to the needs of the families. Rooms are easily added to an existing home by installing more wooden frameworks. In the steep ravines of Valparaiso, families build incremental housing down the slope. Unlike other homegrown neighborhoods, which depend on large groups occupying the land at a go, families who choose to settle in Valparaiso gradually invite other family members to settle as a strategy to occupy and retain self-governance of the neighborhood. They organize themselves in family residential groups, and families have to be invited to occupy the land. One example is that in the municipality of Peñalolan in Santiago. Since 1999, hundreds of families occupy land there and have built their modest homes, installed electricity, drinking water, have a massive community infrastructure, and have developed mechanisms of participatory democracy. They are under constant threat of a violent eviction by the police and call for international solidarity to deter the Chilean government to suppress by force this popular self-management experience through which hundreds of families have gained not only shelter, but also an autonomous community organization. The Ministry of Housing and Urbanism released the results of the 2022 National Camp Registry. The study revealed that there are 1,091 camps nationwide, which house 71,961 households. 48% of these homes are below the poverty line, while 25% are below the extreme poverty line. It was also realized that there are 355 new camps compared to 2019. There are 29,112 homes in them. The regions with the most camps are Valparaiso with 255, Metropolitana with 142, and Bio Bio with 156. 
These concentrate 50% nationwide. Some of these campamentos are gradually being replaced with low-income social housing, which the state supplies. But over the years, this has proven to be a social and spatial segregation and stigmatization. These have also become urban ghettos. As for the countryside, people used to live in small adobe houses constructed with haciendas a fair distance away from the landowner. Now, most in the country live in small, semi-urbanized settlements formed at the margins of highways and main rural roads. A traditional habitat in the rural areas of the Altiplano is a family having several buildings. Families are separated by several hundred meters or yards. The family room is built around an inner courtyard surrounded by a wall and several outbuildings. The earth is used for walls and a roof is made of thatched materials or tiles. Family and Households The family is traditional in its values and customs. It has a major influence on individuals and is the stabilizing factor for many as they tend to rely on each other for comfort or coping with hardships. Generally, the father is the one who is the main income earner and the one who holds the most authority in the home. Although many women also work outside the home, their income is considered supplementary. These concepts are changing over time, and younger generations are challenging the machismo attitude that used to be more prevalent. These generations are bringing in a more equalizing in the domestic responsibilities, and men are sharing in the work at home. Families usually have one to two children, being a rather low number for the typical Latin American family. In recent times, it's more acceptable for the single mothers to bring up children on their own and for there to be unmarried couples and same-sex couples. The culture is very family-oriented. Bonds between family reaches to the extended family as well. Many holidays and life events are spent with that extended family. Grandparents often live with the family of one of their sons or daughters. If they continue to stay in their own homes, married children will spend time on weekends with them and make regular phone calls. Family and business are intertwined to the extent that nepotism is seen as a positive concept. Many small firms are 100% family-run. Marriage Chile doesn't have the long, strong, machismo attitude found in most Latin societies, but there is still some evidence of it. One example is that married men grant themselves more freedom while expecting their wives to stay at home. Yet there is more of a movement where men want their wives to work and are proud of their accomplishments. Although women have plenty of opportunities for advancements in secular work, there are still many who assume traditional roles. Most young people continue living in their family homes until they get married. Young ones seek the advice of their parents, especially in important life decisions, such as education and marriage. Even after they're married, the couple still is generally under the influence of their parents. Dating normally starts at about age 16. Many join their friends and group activities as they are dating. It's normal to date for one to three years before becoming engaged. In 2015, the government passed the Civil Union Law, which applies to both heterosexual and homosexual couples living together, granting them the same civil rights as married couples. Marriage is still considered the goal for young people. 
Men used to marry from age 22 onward, and women between 18 and 23. Now the age has shifted to more toward the early 30s. People generally marry people from the same socioeconomic level. Weddings are not overly elaborate and often are organized at home or in a small hall near their church, with most having a church ceremony. Chile was one of the last countries to legalize divorce in 2004. Child-rearing Mothers have the primary role in caring for children. Families of higher economic status will employ a live-in domestic worker or one who comes during the day Monday through Saturday and returns to her own home in the evening. In families of lower economic classes, older siblings will help care for the younger ones while both parents are working outside the home. Children are raised in a generally relaxed manner. They're not sent to bed very early and are expected to engage in family activities even late at night. Parents are generous with their giving of gifts to their children and buying what they want. Children are taught to have strong respect for their parents. Young people are not encouraged to be as independent as in other cultures. They depend on their parents for permission to go out and to take part in after-school activities. Parents are highly invested in their children's education and try to obtain the best education they can for them, sending them to private schools if possible and financing their further education. Boys are generally given more freedom, while their sisters are more protected. Teenagers spend time at each other's homes, attend movies, or drink mate in the local cafe. They often have parties on weekends, sharing in discussions and dancing, until late into the night. Two people who are dating are known as pololos. There are several problems children face in Chile. About 18% of children live in relative poverty. There are class inequalities which directly affect the health care of the underprivileged. Some children, mostly those of indigenous populations and those from poor families, are forced to work to help support their families. It is estimated that half of Chile's children will be the victims of violence. One of the consequences of children fleeing violence is them living on the streets. Chile has a known problem with street children, especially in Santiago where they struggle to obtain food and water. The indigenous children are often discriminated against and viewed as inferior. Etiquette Talking loudly in public is frowned upon. It's polite to cover one's mouth when yawning. Hats and sunglasses should be removed when entering a church. The family head should be greeted first. Greetings are usually followed by inquiries about the family. When invited over, Being a half hour late is the usual, unless you're visiting someone of high status or the visit is related to business. Dining etiquette is quite formal in the country. Before a meal, the host will show a guest to their seat. Eating doesn't begin until the host invites them to start. Women sit before men. Both hands are kept above the table during mealtime and utensils are always used. Leaving directly after eating is impolite, and there's a good deal of conversation during mealtime. People tend to finish all that is on their plate, and it is considered impolite if one takes more food than they can eat. If you refuse a drink being offered, it can be considered rude. A toast is sometimes made where all will lift their glasses and say, Salute, the equivalent of saying cheers, 
it means to your health. Gifts are typically opened when they're received. Bringing chocolate or wine are both appropriate when invited to someone's home, but avoid giving gifts that are sharp, such as scissors, as they imply a desire to sever the relationship. Don't give yellow roses as they indicate contempt, and purple or black flowers symbolize death. It's best to avoid controversial subjects such as Pinochet and politics, as these are divisive and highly emotional topics. Culture After marriage, women keep their maiden names. In fact, men and women have two surnames, that of their father and that of their mother, while the father's appears first. Chileans use nicknames among their close friends and family. Oftentimes it is suggestive of one of their personal characteristics, or it can just be a shortened form of their given name. When arriving at social gatherings, it's customary to greet every person individually. When greeting or parting, men and women exchange a light cheek-to-cheek touch with kisses in the air. This is the same between two women, but among men, handshaking is the norm. When speaking, Chileans keep much less space than in other countries, and often touch another's arm or back. Physical contact is perceived as a sign of friendliness, and public displays of affection are accepted. Maintaining eye contact demonstrates sincerity and genuine interest during the conversation. Chileans are often seen as more formal than other South American nations. They use the formal term usted to show respect. The informal too is used between people who know each other well and among young people. Chileans will not express strong opinions out of politeness, and hastily asserting one's opinion is frowned upon. Yet they are emotive speakers. Showing up 30 minutes to an hour later than expected is not too uncommon. Also, people will visit each other without warning. When a family member misses a family gathering without an acceptable excuse, it can be taken offensively. Chile has relatively low levels of poverty, but it has a drastic distribution of wealth with the richest 10% of the population having approximately 46% of the national income, and the poorest 10% with only 1.4%. There are definite social stratifications according to socioeconomic status. There are many words used to describe the social position of people. The terms pituco, esnob, and cuico are often used in connection with the upper class, and the words roto, ordinario, and flaite are used to describe the lower class. Speech is a factor most noticed in differentiating social classes. The upper class exaggerate their way of speaking, and the lower class speak in an idiosyncratic way. Even the slightest difference in pronunciation of some consonants can betray social background. With immigrants coming in the last five years who have taken unskilled jobs that are usually associated with the lower class, such as cleaning, street vendors, and waitressing, a new social class, the middle-low class, has emerged. Other areas where the economic status is evident is in marriage and schooling. Often, family will pressure ones to refrain from socializing with or marrying one from a different class. In education, the quality of teaching is dependent on whether the school is public or private. Upper-class children are often sent to private schools. One's socioeconomic class can often be determined by the ethnicity, 
such as with those of darker skin being more economically and socially disadvantaged. Typically, those of predominantly European heritage are in the middle or upper classes, while those of mixed indigenous and Spanish heritage are in the lower class. Chileans tend to be hospitable and helpful, and are quick to assist each other in times of need. A couple of traditional games children play are trompo and emboque. Trompo uses a wooden top that is spun with the goal of it to remain spinning as long as possible. Emboque is a game where players hold a wooden cup and they must work to get the ball, which is attached by a string, into the cup. Many people enjoy watching TV, especially Mexican, Argentine, Brazilian, and Chilean soap operas. Homosexuality is legal in Chile and is increasingly widely accepted socially although most of Chilean society is conservative. The happiness index in the country is 6.17 points, on a scale of 0 unhappy to 10 happy. Crime and legal issues There have been reports of people being robbed by bogus and unlicensed taxi drivers, including airport taxis. You should use official and or pre-booked taxis and ask taxi drivers for proof or reservation. There have been reports of people being followed from Santiago International Airport to their destinations and then robbed, sometimes at gunpoint. Carjacking has been increasing in and around Santiago. Pickpocketing and muggings are common in many cities throughout Chile, particularly around affluent areas, airports, and in general areas which are popular tourist sites. There have been a few reports of drinks being spiked in nightclubs and bars, leaving the victim open to theft or assault. When traveling through the countryside, caution is needed since there are several landmine fields. Although these are usually marked, sometimes the markers have fallen. There is a risk of violent protests in Santiago or other Chilean cities, particularly on Fridays. Even peaceful protests can become violent. Police are known to use tear gas and water cannons against the protesters. Nationwide protests often take place on September 11th, the anniversary of the military coup, March 29th, Day of the Young Combatant, and May 1st, Workers' Day. It is illegal to consume or possess drugs and can lead to prison sentences. Consuming alcoholic beverages in streets, roads, squares, and other public places is prohibited. The legal drinking age is 18. Doing business. Office hours are usually Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Lunch breaks usually begin after 1 p.m. Business is at times conducted over lunch, which can last two hours or more. Business meetings generally start on time, which doesn't mean that they will always start or end on time, but it's best to be there during the agreed-upon time. When addressing others, one uses the person's title followed by their surname. First names are not used until invited to do so. It may seem impolite when people interrupt each other, but it is a way of showing interest and enthusiasm. Chileans like to dress well, and business attire is like that of the English-speaking West. Men usually wear conservative dark suits, women a business suit or dress. Take care when inviting important business clients for coffee. There are many cafes throughout Santiago which offer more than coffee. 
known as Café con Piernas. The 20-something barista women are scantily clad wearing some form of bikini or lingerie outfit. You can recognize these cafes since the windows are heavily tinted or covered with advertisements. Shops are usually open Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Saturday from 10 to 2 p.m. The large shopping malls are open daily 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. As a rule, most places are closed on Sundays, and in rural areas, some shops could close for siesta after the lunch hour. Use of credit cards is very common in Santiago and can be used most everywhere instead of cash. However, when in smaller towns, you may need cash. You will also need cash on hand for tolls when driving. Social Provisions The standard working hours are 45 hours a week, with a maximum of 10 hours a day. Overtime is limited to 2 hours a day, at the rate of 50% over the regular wage. The rest break is a minimum of 30 minutes in a workday. Employees under the age of 18 and pregnant employees are not allowed to work at night. Chile has a minimum wage. Employers must distribute a portion of profits to employees. In addition to public holidays, employees are entitled to 15 days of paid annual leave after one year of service with full compensation. Chile provides access to health care funded through employer and employee contributions. Private health care is also available. Employees are entitled to sick leave and may be entitled to sick benefits through Chile's social security system. Female employees receive 18 weeks of maternity leave with six weeks before childbirth and 12 weeks after delivery. Social Security pays 100% of the wages under certain conditions. There is old age, disability, and survivor coverage under social insurance, mandatory individual accounts, social assistance, and universal child benefit system. There are family allowance benefits which extend the insured benefits to certain family members. Education. Primary school enrollment is 84.8%. Primary school completion rate is 98.25%. Secondary school enrollment, 103.67%. And tertiary school enrollment is 93.1%. Preschool isn't mandatory, and there are two levels, for age 2 to 4 and for aged 4 to 6. Primary school is compulsory, and starts at age 6 and lasts 8 years. This is split into two stages, grades 1 to 4 and grades 5 to 8. Secondary education is compulsory and lasts 4 years. This provides specialized education and training. This is split into two cycles for two years each. The first two years, there is a common general curriculum, and in the last two years, students get to select their specialization. They can choose a scientific and humanities path or a technical and professional path. When they complete this education level, they're awarded a completion certificate, which enables them to apply for higher education. There are 61 universities in Chile. Of these, 49 ranked in at least one global rating list. 27 rank among the top 200. The University of Chile ranks number 8 in engineering, in the field of mineral and mining. 
the Pontifical Catholic University of Chile ranks number one in several different world-ranking organizations. The literacy rate is 96.4%. Healthcare Chile has one of the best healthcare systems in Latin America. It is well above average in a global comparison. Around 90% of the population is covered through public and private venues. There are big differences in the care provided for those of different socioeconomic classes. Upper and middle class citizens use private clinics with expert physicians and the latest medical technology. The lower class are forced to use centers that are ill-equipped. It's also common practice for Chileans to self-treat, using herbs and other traditional remedies. In southern Chile, Mapuche peoples still consult the female shamans when they have health problems. The fertility rate is 1.76 children born per woman. The obesity rate is 28%. Tobacco is used by 29.2% of the population. The five leading causes of death in the country are coronary heart disease, stroke, prostate cancer, kidney disease, and road traffic accidents. The population using safely managed drinking water is 98.8%, and the population using safely managed sanitation is 81.4%. Life expectancy. For males, it's 76.8 years, and for females, it's 82.92 years. Food. Breakfast is generally light, maybe bread and jam with milk for children, and café con leche or tea for adults. Lunch is the main meal of the day. This can include meat or fish with rice, pasta, vegetables, soups, and salads. In the afternoon, most people enjoy a break, known as once, with a tea or coffee, and a pastry or bread with butter or jam. Once, which means 11 o'clock, is evidently named after the British tea time, which was at 11 o'clock in the morning. The evening meal, referred to as la comida in Chile, rather than cena, can be late into the evening, around 9 p.m., and is much like the foods eaten at lunchtime. Chilean food has both indigenous and European influences. One example of this is parotos granados, with corn, squash, and beans, characteristic of indigenous cooking, cooked with onions and garlic, of distinctly Spanish cooking. Seafood is very prominent in the diet. Traditional Chilean seafood includes abalone, large sea urchins, razor clams, and seaweed. A national delicacy is caldillo de congrio, a soup of eel, tomatoes, potatoes, onions, herbs, and spices. The national drink is pisco. This is a powerful brandy distilled from grapes after wine pressing and used to make pisco sours, a potent lemon-based cocktail including ice, sugar, and beaten egg whites. Pisco is also combined with Coca-Cola to make a drink called Piscola. Chicha is a traditional maize beer, which can also be made from fermented apples, grapes, or other fruits and often served at celebrations. Colo de mono, meaning monkey's tail, is a coffee and chocolate-based liqueur, like eggnog, that's very popular at Christmas. Some popular dishes. 
curanto is one of the most recognized dishes of traditional chilote cuisine. It's a seafood stew with the ingredients traditionally prepared outdoors in a pit in the ground, about half a meter deep. The bottom is covered with stones, which are heated in a campfire. When they're red hot, the firebrands are removed and the ingredients are placed on the stones and covered in large fern leaves as they cook. The ingredients consist of shellfish, meat, potatoes, milkao, which is a potato pancake, chapaleles, a potato dumpling, and vegetables. Empanada, a pastry dough filled with many different things and then fried. Some examples of fillings are cheese and olives, cheese and ham, raisins, seafood and other meats, or hard-boiled eggs. Humitas, a corn tamale made from white corn cooked into a paste, mixed with fried onions and basil, then wrapped in corn husks and cooked in boiling water. Pastel de choclo, a typical hearty Chilean casserole dish made of ground white corn, usually with beef or chicken and basil, and topped with sugar. Casuela de cordero is a hearty lamb stew. Casuela de ave is a soup with rice, vegetables, chicken, and herbs. El lomito, a sandwich of German origin made with pork, sauerkraut, avocado, tomato, and mayonnaise. Bifea lo pobre is steak with fries, onions, and eggs. Parillada is a selection of meat cuts grilled over hot coals, often including delicacies such as intestines, udders, and black pudding. Pebre is a hot and spicy sauce or salsa made of tomatoes, onions, garlic, olive oil, herbs, and pepper. Sopaipilia is a fried pastry like a donut made from pumpkin or squash, which can be topped with sugar, marshmallow, or chancaca, a sugarcane sauce. Ensalada chilena, a common salad including sliced onions, chopped and peeled tomatoes, and an oil and vinegar dressing. This is topped with fresh cilantro. Dulce de leche, also known as caramelized milk. It's prepared by slowly heating sugar and milk over a period of several hours. It results in a spreadable jam-like product used to top or fill sweet foods. Mote con huesillos, a drink made from dried peaches and mote, which is a hulled wheat. The mote, which sinks to the bottom of the glass, isn't eaten. It's just used for flavor. Arts Bailes chinos are brotherhoods of musicians who express their faith through music, dance, and singing in the context of commemoration festivities. The practice stretches mainly from the area known as the Norte Chico to the central region of Chile and comprises five fully differentiated styles, each named after the valley or basin where it is most prevalent. Organized mainly by men from rural areas, Baile Chino dances consist of jumps and flexing movements of the legs, performed to the rhythm of isometric instrumental music, played on drums and flutes of pre-Columbian origin. The leader sings memorized or improvised rhyming couplets and stanzas that recount holy stories and address religious subjects. He is accompanied by an equal number of musicians and dancers organized in two symmetric columns. 
a drummer leads the choreography and controls the tempo of the music. Each group also has a flag bearer and guards, who are usually women. The music, dances, and couplets are learned through direct observation, imitation, and transmission in the family. Bailes chinos are a tool for social participation, providing prestige to those involved. They function as a model for social integration and cohesion, to which almost the entire local community subscribes, out of a sense of identity and solidarity. This has been on the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List since 2014. Cueca is the national dance. The interpretation of this dance is that it reenacts the courting rituals of a rooster and a hen. The male displays a quite enthusiastic and at times even aggressive attitude while attempting to court the female, who is elusive, defensive, and demure. The dance often finishes with the man kneeling on one knee, with the woman placing her foot triumphantly on his raised knee. Chile is known as the country of poets. Alonso de Ercilia wrote the epic poem La Araucana in the 16th century, and it is considered Chile's first major literary work. In this work, Ercilia expresses his wonders of the natural beauty of Chile and admiration for the brave Araucanian peoples. Two Nobel Prize winners from Chile in the field of literature were Gabriela Mistral in 1945 and Pablo Neruda in 1971. Both of their works expressed a love for the nature and people of Chile and the rest of Latin America. Payadores are Chilean horse riders, often compared to American cowboys, who compete in poetic duels in a witty and passionate way whenever they meet. The goal is to produce the most eloquent verse, each answering questions posed by the other, often insulting. These can last for hours and end when one payador fails to respond immediately to his opponent. Paintings have been the foundation of visual arts in Chile. Some highlight the rustic Chilean landscapes and portraits of common people. Traditional folk music is still at the forefront of culture in the country. Violeta Parra, one of the country's greatest folk musicians, traveled the countryside in the 1950s and 60s, collected folk music from the countryside, and began to perform it in Santiago artistic circles. Special items that Chile is known for include textiles, such as colorful hand-woven ponchos, vicuna rugs, alpaca sweaters, and copper and silver work. Chile is also known for its lapis lazuli jewelry, but jade, agate, and onyx can also be purchased. There are several small boutiques selling well-crafted jewelry and handmade wares. Celebrations and Holidays Chileans are patriotic and religious. Half of the annual holidays are religious. These are celebrated quietly and privately, while secular holidays are celebrated with fanfare. New Year's Eve is celebrated in the middle of the summer and is accompanied by fireworks and barbecues, or asados, and family gatherings. May 1st is Labor Day and the importance of labor is celebrated. May 21st is Navy Day. It commemorates the 1879 Battle of Iquique during the War of the Pacific, 
where Captain Arturo Pratt lost his life in naval combat against Peruvian vessels. Festival of La Tirana is celebrated for three days in July in the village of La Tirana. This brings dancing in the streets with people wearing colorful costumes and devil masks. It's an expression of the religious blend between Catholicism and indigenous practices. September 18th and 19th, Fiestas Patrias celebrates independence of the country. The 18th celebrates National Day and the 19th Army Day. Many enjoy asados during the day and visit fondas or fairs which have tents set up serving traditional food and drink. This is also a day where children fly kites with their fathers. By law, during this time, all public buildings must display the Chilean flag, in pristine condition, hung from a white pole or from the front of the building. Failure to do so can incur a fine of up to 40,000 pesos or 80 United States dollars. On the first Sunday after Easter, Quasimodo is celebrated, one of the oldest traditions in Chile. This is a procession of priests and huasos, or cowboys, bringing Holy Communion to people who were too old or ill to attend Mass. This stems from the Council of Trent, held by the Catholic Church in Italy between 1545 and 1563, establishing the convenience of communion once a year. The clergy in colonial times in Chile would travel in a carriage, accompanied by all his silver and gold, clothing, and accessories. These items were attractive to bandits, so they began to be escorted by armed men on horseback as a deterrent for robbers. October 12th is Dia de la Raza, commemorating the discovery of America by Christopher Columbus. In recent years, indigenous groups have made it clear that this celebration doesn't represent the views of everyone in the country. On December 8th, Chileans celebrate the Immaculate Conception, where many make a pilgrimage from Santiago to the Santuario de la Virgen de los Vasquez to show their religious devotion. The distance is 50 miles or 80 kilometers, and some people walk several of those miles on their knees to show respect to the Virgin Mary. Christmas is celebrated with homes decorated with nativity scenes and Christmas trees. On Christmas Day, families share barbecued food or spend the day at the beach. The traditional food served is a fruitcake, pan de pascua, and cola de mono, a liquor made with cinnamon, coffee, and milk. Sports Football, or soccer, is the country's favorite sport. It hosted the 1962 FIFA World Cup. The Chilean football team won a bronze medal at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Tennis is the second most popular sport and the most successful. People also like basketball, volleyball, cycling, water sports, such as surfing and swimming, rodeos or skiing. Transportation Domestic air service is well developed. There are nine registered air carriers. There are 481 airports, with 90 having paved runways. Santiago International Airport is the primary port of entry. There are pipelines carrying gas, liquid petroleum gas, oil, and refined products. There are railways throughout the country. The roadways rank 5.2 out of a scale of 1 to 7 for quality, 
with one being the lowest. The main highways are toll roads and in good condition. Secondary roads are sometimes in poor condition, and in rural areas gravel and dirt roads are common. There are 231 merchant marine vessels. There are seven major seaports. Chile operates one PC-5 or 6 class icebreaker for operations in Antarctica and the Southern Ocean. Santiago has a vast subway network, with the fare being paid using a contactless card that must be recharged with funds in subway stations and other outlets. Communications Fixed telephone line subscriptions are at 13% of the population. There are 131 mobile cellular phone subscriptions per 100 people. The mobile rate is among the highest in South America. LTE infrastructure is extensive and 5G spectrum auctions, which took place in February 2021, were expected to prompt the deployment of 5G networks by the end of that year. Fixed broadband is relatively high for the region, with services among the fastest and least expensive in Latin America. More than 8,300 schools receive free broadband as part of the Connectivity for Education 2030 project. There are national and local terrestrial TV channels, coupled with extensive cable TV networks. The state-owned Televisión Nacional de Chile, or TVN network, is self-financed through commercial advertising revenues and is not under direct government control. There are many privately owned TV stations and about 250 radio stations. There are many daily newspapers, and the Santiago Times is the only English-language daily in Chile. Internet users are at 88% of the population. Energy 100% of the population has access to electricity. It meets its own electricity needs, 51.9% from fossil fuels, 26% hydroelectricity, 9.5% solar, 6.9% wind, 5.4% biomass and waste, and 0.3% geothermal. It produces coal and exports and imports coal, It has proven reserves of coal. It produces petroleum, exports no crude oil, imports crude oil, and has crude oil reserves. It produces refined petroleum, exports, and imports it. It produces and imports natural gas, exports none, and has proven reserves. Travel There are seven UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Chile. We will discuss five here. Rapa Nui National Park is an island also known as Easter Island and is in the southeastern Pacific Ocean. It's famous for its 887 stone statues, known as the Moai, and shrines whose creation are attributed to the early Rapa Nui people of Polynesian descent. These people inhabited the island starting between 300 and 1200 A.D. The island was then taken over by Chile in 1888. The park is now under the administrative control of the Mau Henwa Polynesian Indigenous Community, who manage, preserve, and protect their ancestral grounds. The statues, or moai, in the park vary in height from 2 to 20 meters, or 6 to 65 feet. 
the volcanic rock formations quarried for sculpting, are a distinctive yellow-brown volcanic tuff, or rock consolidated from volcanic ash, found only at the Ranu Raraku on the southeast side of the island. Some of the Moai were also carved from red scoria, a relatively low-density volcanic rock. The ceremonial shrines where they are erected for offering worship are known as ahu. Of impressive size and form, they are normally built close to the coast and parallel to it. Kapak Nyan is an Andean road system of 18,641 miles, or 30,000 kilometers, built by the Incas for trade, defense, and communication purposes. It traverses through the snow-capped peaks of the Andes at an altitude of more than 6,000 meters, about 20,000 feet, to the coast, running through hot rainforests, fertile valleys, and deserts. This extends through six different countries. Archaeological Sites of the Chinchorro Culture In northern Chile, towards the year 7000 BC, some groups of hunters from the Andes approached the coast to make use of the ocean resources. The first fishing societies were born, where they made a hook carved from a colorful shell which attracted fish. The groups populated the desert-like Pampa region, out to the sea. These Chinchorro groups kept on hunting in nearby places and exploiting its resources, but their main nourishment came from the sea, where they began living in houses built over circular hollows dug in the soil, to which they attached windshields. They deposited their waste near their houses, which was mainly shells and buried their dead, preserving the bodies. They developed a mummification technique 3,000 years before that process in Egypt, and created a tradition lasting some 4,000 years, now known as the Chinchorro. Their tradition included performing mummification on all members of their society, not just the elite. The oldest naturally mummified corpse recovered from the Atacama Desert is dated around 7,020 BCE. Valparaiso is known for its hills full of colorful houses built by English, German, and French immigrants, who came to do business and establish themselves. As the coast became saturated with houses, new homes were added in the hills under a variety of architectural styles. These are best seen from above by walking the many staircases, walkways, and historical funiculars. A funicular is a type of cable railway system that connects points along a railway track laid on a steep slope. This method of transportation began to be used around 1883 to efficiently connect the hill residents with those below. Some are still used today and continue to be the preferred method of transportation for locals and providing a unique experience for visitors. Valparaiso is known for its great art and bohemian scene. You can visit some classic nightlife spots and enjoy live music. The Church Cathedral of La Serena. This is the largest temple in the city and one of the largest in Chile. It was built in neoclassical style and completed in 1856. The city itself is the second oldest city in Chile and has become a popular destination among domestic and foreign tourists. It's nicknamed the City of Belfries because of the many churches. 
There are 12 beaches which are enjoyed for sunning and water sports. There's a summer festival held each year, La Serena Song Festival. Other places of interest. San Pedro de Atacama is a Spanish colonial town surrounded by the Atacama Desert, the driest desert in the world. The city is set on a high plateau in the Andes, where there are salt flats, geysers, and hot springs. Here you will find Valle de la Luna, which means Moon Valley, with unique rock formations, lunar-like depressions, and pink-streaked mountains. Another point of interest is the Atacama Cave. A sport that people enjoy is sandboarding in San Pedro. Arica is the northernmost city in Chile, close to the Peruvian border, known as the City of Eternal Spring. The area was inhabited from 6000 BC, and the native tribes who lived here produced pottery and practiced agriculture and were part of the Incan Empire. Today, many enjoy its tranquil setting as a seaside resort, with miles of coastline, golden dunes, and energetic nightlife. Chilean Patagonia, the northern Patagonian ice fields. This is the third largest extension in the world, the southern ice fields. Here you will find icebergs floating on the lakes and the ocean. The Cordillera Paine is a mountain range in Chile's Torres del Paine National Park. The steep, light-colored face of yellowish granite is underlaid by gray gabbro-diorite, lacolith. A lacolith is a type of igneous intrusion formed when magma forces its way upwards through the Earth's crust, but cools and solidifies before reaching the surface. For a long time, its elevation was claimed to be 3,050 or 3,251 meters, but in August of 2011, it was ascended for the third time, measured using GPS, and found to be 2,884 meters or 9,462 feet. The park was declared a biosphere reserve by the UNESCO in 1978 and receives about 250,000 visitors annually, with several people engaging in climbing one of the towering rocks. There are trails that take you through lush forests, rickety bridges over rushing rivers, and giant and vibrant blue glacier. Residents of the area include flamingos, rayas, Andean condors, guanacos, and the puma. Marble caves in the General Carrera Lake are in the heart of Patagonia. They were formed over 6,000 years by the ocean waves constantly lapping against calcium carbonate. Over time, the stone has been smoothed and worn into a series of caves. Depending on the season and the sea level, the water reflects different colors onto the caves, at times a turquoise, a cerulean blue, white, gray, or occasionally pink. The Elki Valley stretches about 140 kilometers from the beach town of La Serena all the way to the Argentinian border. There are steep mountains sloping on both sides, leaving a green valley in the middle with vineyards, pisco distilleries, and fruit trees. It's a great place to go if you want to experience charming little towns and wine and distillery tasting tours. There are 11 national parks in the country. Some have been mentioned throughout the podcast, but one more that I want to highlight is the Kelat National Park. 
It's in southern Chile and has a mountainous region, which features ice fields and snow-capped mountains. There are several glaciers with the longest reaching across 7 miles, or 12 kilometers. Kelat Hanging Glacier is the main attraction of the park and is the largest glacier, covering 31 square miles, or 80 square kilometers. The snow-capped mountains melting runoff create waterfalls in various places in the park. Cascada de Ventisquero Colgante is one of the more remarkable large waterfalls that feed into the Tempanos River. People ski at El Colorado in the Andes Mountains. There were 4.5 million tourists in 2021. The United States State Department issued a travel advisory on October 4, 2022, for Chile, Level 2, Exercise Increased Caution. This is due to civil unrest. Large-scale demonstrations periodically occur in Santiago and other cities in Chile. Demonstrations can take place with little or no notice and often result in disruptions to transportation, including service on public buses and the Santiago Metro. Take caution to avoid contact with animals including dogs, livestock, monkeys, snakes, rodents, birds, and bats. Segment 3. Who is? Pablo Neruda, a poet-diplomat and politician who won the 1971 Nobel Prize in Literature. His given name by his parents was Neftali Ricardo Reyes Basso Alto. He had it legally changed to Pablo Neruda after the Czech poet Jan Neruda. He became known as a poet at the age of 13 and wrote in a variety of styles, including surrealist poems, historical epics, overtly political manifestos, a prose autobiography, and passionate love poems such as the ones in his collection, 20 Love Poems and a Song of Despair. During his lifetime, Neruda occupied many diplomatic positions and served a term as a senator for the Chilean Communist Party. When President González Videla outlawed communism in Chile in 1948, a warrant was issued for Neruda's arrest. Friends hid him for months in the basement of a house in the Chilean port of Valparaíso. Later, Neruda escaped through a mountain pass near Maihue Lake in Argentina. Years later, Neruda was a close advisor to Chile's socialist president, Salvador Allende. When Neruda returned to Chile after his Nobel Prize acceptance speech, Allende invited him to read at the Estadio Nacional before 70,000 people. Neruda was hospitalized with cancer in September 1973 at the time of the coup d'etat led by Augusto Pinochet in the United States that overthrew Allende's government, but returned home after a few days when he suspected a doctor of injecting him with an unknown substance for the purpose of murdering him on Pinochet's orders. From his sickbed in Isla Negra, Neruda watched soldiers digging through his garden in search of arms. The only weapons you will find in this place are words, he told them. Neruda died in his house at Isla Negra on the 23rd of September 1973, just hours after leaving the hospital. There were many allegations of possible poisoning, but forensic teams found no trace of poisonous substances. Pinochet, backed by elements of the armed forces, 
denied permission for Neruda's funeral to be made a public event, but thousands of grieving Chileans disobeyed the curfew and crowded the streets. Neruda's widow, Matilde, spent her final years in Isla Negra, fighting off attempts by the Pinochet government to have the property expropriated because of Neruda's membership in the outlawed Communist Party. She created the Pablo Neruda Foundation, which sealed off the home of interlinked cottages after his death in 1985. Two years later, the curator hired to transform the home into a museum opened the door for the first time. I found something very sad, said Maria Eugenia Zamudio, who was working there. It was obvious that in her final years, Matilde was living in a smaller and smaller part of the house. At the very end, she was apparently cooking her meals in her bedroom. The home was filled with Neruda's haphazard collection that included colored glass and the carved wooden statues from prows of old sailing ships. Much of it was in a poor state. When you are this close to the sea, the salt, humidity, and fungi do a great deal of damage, Zamudio said. After a year-long preservation effort, the home was opened to visitors in 1989. Today, it is a shrine to Neruda's life and a popular tourist destination. About 120,000 people visit each year. Neruda is often considered the national poet of Chile, and his works have been popular and influential worldwide. He often wrote in green ink because he felt it was a symbol for hope. One of his quotations is, Perhaps this war will pass like the others, which divided us, leaving us dead, killing us along with the killers, but the shame of this time puts its burning fingers to our faces. Who will erase the ruthlessness hidden in innocent blood? Neruda owned three houses in Chile. Today, they are all open to the public as museums. A bust of Neruda stands on the grounds of the Organization of American States Building in Washington, D.C. Gabriela Mistral was the pseudonym of Lucila Godoy Alcayaga, a Chilean poet, educator, diplomat, and feminist who was the first Latin American to win the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1945. Some central themes in her poems are nature, betrayal, love, a mother's love, sorrow and recovery, travel, and Latin American identity as formed from a mixture of Native American and European influences. Her portrait also appears on the 5,000 Chilean peso banknote. Alexander Selkirk, although not Chilean, had a unique experience in Chile. He had joined a buccaneering voyage to the South Pacific, when he judged the ocean vessel he was on as being unseaworthy, and asked the captain to leave him at the uninhabited Juan Fernandez Islands. He remained there alone for four years and four months as a castaway, who became adept at hunting and making use of the resources that he found on the island. He was finally rescued by an English privateer and the man who had overall command of the expedition that left him there in the first place. His story of survival was widely publicized after his return to England, becoming one of the sources of inspiration for a writer Daniel Defoe's fictional character Robinson Crusoe. Alonso de Ercilia was a Spanish soldier and poet born in Madrid. While in Chile, from 1556 to 1563, he fought against the Araucanians, or Mapuche, 
and there he began the epic poem La Araucana, considered to be one of the greatest epics of the Spanish Golden Age. It celebrates both the violence of the conquistadors and the courage of the Araucanians. Michelle Bachelet Heria was the first woman president ever in Chile and served from 2006 to 2010. She was elected as president for a second term from 2014 to 2018. On September 1, 2018, she assumed her role as the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. During her presidential tenures, she promoted the rights of all, but particularly those of the most vulnerable. Among her many achievements were education and tax reforms, as well as the creation of the National Institute for Human Rights and the Museum of Memory and Human Rights. Other achievements were the establishment of the Ministry of Women and Gender Equality, the adoption of quotas to increase women's political participation, and the approval of Civil Union Act legislation, granting rights to same-sex couples and thus advancing LGBT rights. Michelle Bachelet has a medical degree in surgery with a specialization in pediatrics and public health. She also studied military strategy at Chile's National Academy of Strategy and Policy and at the Inter-American Defense College in the United States. Ricardo A. Baeza Yates is a Chilean computer scientist and is currently a part-time director of research at the Institute for Experiential AI of Northeastern University in the Silicon Valley campus. He is also a member of the Data Lab at the Corey College of Computer Sciences. The rest of the time he does consulting for tech startups, companies, and nonprofit international institutions, particularly in responsible AI. He is actively involved as expert in many initiatives, committees, or advisory boards related to responsible AI all around the world. He's also a co-founder of OptIA in Chile, a non-governmental organization devoted to algorithmic transparency and inclusion, and member of the editorial committee of the New AI and Ethics Journal, where he co-authored an article highlighting the importance of research freedom on AI ethics. He was previously director of the Center for Web Research at the University of Chile and founder of the Web Science and Social Computing Research Group at the University of Pompeo Fabra in Spain. He was formerly VP for Europe and Latin America, leading the Yahoo Research Labs at Barcelona, Spain and Santiago, Chile. His PhD from the University of Waterloo is entitled Efficient Text Searching supervised by Gaston Gonnet and granted in 1989. His research interests include algorithms and data structures, information retrieval, web search and mining, and data science and visualization. His contributions include algorithms for string search such as the shift or algorithm, and algorithms for fuzzy string searching, inspiring also the BITAP algorithm. He co-authored Modern Information Retrieval, which won the 2012 Book of the Year Award of the Association for Information Science and Technology. Arturo Pratt, a Chilean lawyer and Navy officer. Pratt studied for and obtained a legal degree from the University of Chile. He also taught at the Benjamin Franklin School, an institution dedicated to educating the poor of Valparaiso. He had taken part in several naval engagements, 
including the Battle of Iquique during the War of the Pacific. He was killed shortly after boarding the Peruvian armored monitor Huascar at the naval battle of Iquique, after the ship under his command, the Esmeralda, was rammed by the Peruvian monitor. Pratt, as captain of the Esmeralda, was the first to board the Huascar, trying to capture it. Following his death, his name became a rallying cry for Chilean forces, and since has been considered a national hero. His portrait is on the 10,000 Chilean peso banknote. In 1984, Arturo Pratt University was founded, with its main campus in Iquique, where his heroic deed took place. Segment 4. Who Would Have Thought? Chile has been recognized over the years as one of the nations in the region with the lowest crime rate. Santiago has been designated as the safest city in Latin America, and it has been noted as the best country in Latin America to live. Monte Verde, an archaeological site in southern Chile, has been established as the oldest known site of human habitation in the Americas. It has been dated to as early as 16,500 B.C. This dating added evidence showing that the human settlement of the Americas predates the previously accepted first settlement area in the Americas, the Clovis culture, by 1,000 years. Along with this, archaeologists are increasingly willing to accept the possibility that the initial settlement of the Americas occurred via coastlines. In 2022, Chile was the sixth biggest wine producer in the world. It is a country typically associated with black grapes, but it started to receive international attention for its rosé and white wine. Chile ranks number seven for the lowest divorce rates in the world. The Atacama Giant, found in the Atacama Desert, is the largest prehistoric anthropomorphic geoglyph in the world. It is 119 meters, or 390 feet long, resembles a shaman, a spiritual figure or deity, and is one among 500 found in the region. Geoglyphs are figures or shapes drawn in the landscape and are often viewed best from above. Chile is thought of as a country with the highest recorded number of UFO sightings. The country has launched a government body to study these sightings, the CEFAA, Committee for Studies of Anomalous Aerial Phenomena, under the control of the Chilean Air Force. There has been so many reports from residents in Chile's central district of UFO sightings that in 2008, the town of San Clemente opened a UFO trail. It runs through a 19-mile stretch of the Andes Mountains and marks where close encounters have been reported. There are two significant observatories, the ALMA Observatory and the Parano Observatory. The ALMA is the most ambitious radio observatory on Earth, with 66 antennas. The Parano Observatory in the Atacama Desert is one of the best astronomical observing sites in the world, and is the flagship location for Europe's ground-based astronomy. It contains several major telescopes, including the Very Large Telescope, the Visible and Infrared Survey Telescope for Astronomy, and the VLT Survey Telescope. The town of Puerto Williams, Chile, on the island of Navarino, is the southernmost human settlement overall, and is also a port of entry to Antarctica, and a major hub for scientific activity. 
the second largest swimming pool in the world is found in the city of Valparaiso, at 20 acres, and is 115 feet deep. It's in the San Alfonso del Mar and is filled with seawater. It took five years to build and one billion U.S. dollars. The largest virus first isolated from a water sample collected off the coast of Chile was in April 2010, Megavirus chilensis. The virus is larger than some bacteria and can be seen not only with an electron microscope, but with a normal light microscope. It has the largest genome so far deciphered from any virus. In August 2010, 33 miners, 32 Chilean and 1 Bolivian, were trapped 688 meters or 2,257 feet below the surface after the collapse of the San Jose mine. They made the Guinness World Record of the longest time survived trapped underground, 69 days. Seven-year and 18 days old Diego Suarez is in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the youngest person to discover a fossil of an unknown dinosaur species. This happened on February 4, 2004, when he was accompanying his geologist parents on a research trip. The biggest earthquake ever recorded on Earth hit Chile in 1960, measuring 9.5 on the Richter scale. It killed more than 1,500 people and left 2,000 homeless. Chile is the world's second largest producer of salmon, with Norway being first. It is one of the world's biggest producers of edible seaweed, with the long tubular cochayuyo, one of the most popular varieties. The carved statues on Easter Island, carved centuries ago by this remote Pacific Island Rapa Nui people, remained untouched until recently. A wildfire broke out in October 2022, and more than 100 moai were damaged by the flames, many of them blackened by soot, though the impact on the stone remains undetermined. UNESCO recently allotted nearly $100,000 for assessment and repair plans. Each moai preserves precious information about its tribe. When an important Rapa Nui died, such as a grandfather or a tribal chief, some of his bones were placed under the ceremonial platform called an ahu, and his spirit had the possibility of rebirth after a craftsman carved a moai in his likeness. Thus, every moai is unique, bearing a name of its own. There is a unique tradition involving moving houses called Laminga. It takes place on the island of Chiloe, where the people are known as Chilote. The island faces harsh weather conditions and tidal shifts, which can require some properties to be raised and moved to a new location. The indigenous Mapuche people who first lived here interacted with the Inca, and the concept of Minga likely originated from the Inca ideas of communal service for greater good. When a house or houses need to be moved, the whole community gets involved, and it becomes a day-long fiesta. Most chilote houses are built upon stilted foundations to rise above the wet marshlands. The work begins with parallel wooden beams being placed from front to back to act as skis. A team of many oxen are lined up in front of the house and fitted with harnesses and padded collars. When prompted by the farmers, the oxen pull the house as if they're pulling a sleigh. If they are moving the house to the other side of the archipelago, 
It is attached to a boat and pulled along. Then on land, the oxen help to pull it to its new location. Food is served to all in attendance. This is a way for the community to strengthen relationships as people from all over the countryside join in to all catch up on news. Chiloe got its name from the Mapuche, and it is translated as Place of Seagulls. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Chile. Next time we'll learn about a nation that is known for the Great Wall, pandas, Ma Young, karaoke, Peking Man, Sharpays, the inventor of paper, the compass, fireworks, gunpowder, printing, the seismoscope, the kite, tea, and much more. This country has so many iconic features that it's really hard to share a summary. It also has many little-known facts about it that are really inspiring and intriguing. So please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss my next episode, China. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world. <laughs>